0: Hello, Say, How are you doing tonight?
1: Hi, Jeff. I'm fine. How are you?
0: Good. So, say, your country, Hungary, has been at the epicenter of the storm regarding these refugees. We're getting the news every day. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and Hungary, and particularly your leader, Viktor Orban, are getting a lot of criticism for the treatment of the refugees you know, with yes. water cannons and razor wire fences and all of yeah. this. And so, again, you're in Hungary, you're in Budapest tonight. How mm-hmm. does it look to you? What's going on? I mean, what's the up-to-the-minute report?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, first of all, your street experience, like a Budapestian or Hungarian, is that you don't see any refugee. You know, I'm crossing the street by my car every day, at least two times I'm crossing the city. And you don't see refugees. You see refugees only at one particular train station, Calati, that became famous through the news. Uh, and uh, you see refugees if you go to the border crossings or if you go to particular, you know, train you know, routes. But uh, the general experience that business is usual in the country. You know, and everybody's watching the news because the news makes it very loud, what's going on. So, basically, myself and my friends suddenly became, uh, you know, news readers. You know, we postmodern, psycho-spiritual people not necessarily watch the news every day. You know, we are not so political. But the situation really stirred us up. Like, we are excited to see what's going on, and we are following the news. And, you um, I'm personally following uh, at least four or five different Hungarian news channels and I'm following German news channels, BBC, you know, American CNN, you know, consulting with Western European friends, American friends, Turkish friends. So basically, and and, uh, then it's daily discussion now in Hungary with friends and family and others, you know, what's going on. And it's a very complex situation. So there is no, not a simple explanation, not a quick fix. It's basically, I think, a creative moment in history, what's happening.
0: Now, how so? You say a creative moment in history.
1: Uh, Yeah. How do you see
0: that, and how how do you see that particularly for Hungary?
1: The reason I'm saying a creative moment in history, because Europe, uh, the situation now is that, for example, today, just today, 5,000 migrants crossed the border in Hungary. And Hungary has 10 million people. And the size is of Colorado state. So imagine Colorado state with 10 million people, like double of Colorado's population. Or imagine Washington state that's, um, uh, and add 20% of territory and 20% of, of population and then you get hungry. So imagine that daily 5,000 new migrants cross the border where there is no border control. You just walk in without, without a guard, without anybody, you know, just walk through the meadows people who walk in have no passport they have no identity and this has been going on for now it's late september basically two months it has been going on for for maybe six months or more but but in less quantity and this this great flux like like at least one thousand a day you know between one and five thousand a day you know that's going on for almost two months. That's stun- that's stunning. This has never happened before, nor in Hungary, nor in Europe. So suddenly, Europe is in uh, alert. Nobody understands why is it exactly happening. Of course, the number one explanation that these are Syrian refugees. Simple explanation: Syria war, four million people, you know, f- fled, uh, left the country, flee the country, and out of that four million. You know, some stay in neighboring countries, and you know, some go to Europe. So first, you have to understand when you uh, think of Hungary any European country that n- none of these countries have been prepared for this. So suddenly you wake up and 5,000 people cross your border. You don't have to. You don't. You don't have time to make you know wise, integral, all encompassing decisions, taking in account all you know viewpoints and all that you have to solve a daily situation so that's why different um, uh, you know European states and leaders political leaders suddenly started to improvise and and give answers to the situation typically heavily you know in service of their own political you know goals and parties on top of all that and uh Basically, the situation has been changing day by day or week by week, so it's not that a situation has been created that's stable. That's why I'm I'm saying it's a creative moment in history that the situation is changing very quickly in Hungary and in Europe, not only in Hungary.
0: So even or- there's been some progress. I know they're actually literally meeting today uh, yeah. at the EU to figure out yeah. a, sort of a yeah. bigger EU response to this. Uh, but your uh, a leader has said that you know you'll Hungary will accept no refugees.
1: Yes, exactly. So so the general European consensus or or close to consensus that we should accept refugees. You know, we shouldn't accept all of them because they are too much. You know, first almost all states reacted with green compassion, or or most states like, oh, Let's let them in. Let's give them food. Let's hug them. Hey, you know, you are welcome. Germany stated publicly that, you know, you are welcome. And uh, but then very soon, different states, when they experience daily on the ground that they can't handle, they started to shut down borders. First Hungary shut down a little portion of its border, like maybe five percent of the totality of border were shut down. Just one particular stretch at the Serbian border that's a real fraction, and of course, the Western European countries were very mad at Orbán and, and created uh, uh, extremely, uh, I think, exaggerated news about Hungary. Like, like they they took one photograph and interpreted it in a horrible way. So Hungarians were very much ashamed, actually, and we felt really. First of all, the Hungarian people are not the government; they have a completely different approach that the current Orban government has. majority of the country is in a different opinion, which is not broadcasted uh, by Western media. Only Orban's bad moves are broadcasted. So Westerners uh, easily mix up Orban with 10 million other people, which is very sad. So actually Hungarians feel, most Hungarians, ashamed, deeply ashamed. And uh, second, uh, Orban has been... Uh, in power in the second term now. Last year started the second term and he made a dramatic shift. Basically, he, he was the true democrat and the, the country knew him as, as as a key player of helping Hungary um, making its transition in the late 80s, early 90s from socialism to democratic capitalist nation state, which ha- which happened successfully So he was one of the young, actually the party, his party Fidesz is literally called, it's an abbreviation of uh, the the Alliance of Young Democrats. That's what Fidesz means, the party name. So the ruling party in Hungary now is the Alliance of Young Democrats, because at the uh, early 90s they were young, just left university like like 20 plus youngsters, which was very sexy at the time. You know, they're so young people go to politics you know, and are true, honest fighters for democracy and, uh, you know, and and help transition. And so everybody knew him and his friends and party as as the true young Democrats who hold the future in their hands for the democracy. And he first came to power like prime minister in uh, 98. And at that time, he was, you know, still a Democrat. And then... Uh, he came to power again in 2010 and by that time he turned from a democrat liberal person to a conservative person you know which which was a surprise you know but still people due to this long you know almost two decade of of memory of the young democrats you know trusted him and and he he started to show signs of taking care of hungarian interests because by around 2010 you know Hungary also suffered the the bad parts of being a EU member like for example the EU wanted to basically eradicate Hungarian produce you know and install EU produce in the Hungarian market so things that that local people didn't want so first of all Hungary wanted to become part of the EU and and basically the whole country voted, yes, let's be EU member. And we became EU members in 2004. So since 2004, Hungary is in the EU. Since 1999, Hungary is a NATO state. And since 2007, it's a Schengen state. So basically now we are a NATO, EU, Schengen state. But we, we experienced the positive aspects of EU and the negative aspects. So, so Orbán started to do a mixed politics of, of uh, democracy and representing Hungarian interests and started to go against the EU, you know, politics, so, and he started to be like a black sheep in the European Union because of this. And this divided Hungarians already at that time. Like half of the population said, Orban shouldn't, you know, you know, shouldn't be eccentric in the EU. He should just comply because we want to be EU member, and we were a little bit afraid that if he, you know, he's so eccentric, the EU might refuse Hungary. So the, the, the normal, everyday, you know, liberal Hungarians are very much EU, pro-EU. And Orbán started to be more and more radical in that uh, eccentric nature that he knows it better than the EU and more conservative. So much so that by the second term that is now, there was a dramatic change in his policy. He, he publicly stated that he creates an ill liberal state. So basically, Hungarians felt betrayed and shocked. So, so don't think a minute that if the Western media criticizes Orban, Hungarians wouldn't know that. Just they don't dare to speak up because the, the state started to become more auto, authoritarian and less democratic. And then Orban basically used his democratic power to curb democracy and, and rewrite the constitution to stabilize his power. So currently the, the Hungarian government is is is, is urban centric. There is no real um, um uh, no, no other parties really in the government, and this is unseen in Hungary. So since the system change in 89, it was a, a, a progressive, gradual, you know, democratic capitalist state. There was no break. You know, there right. was political games, but the basic frame was still a democratic, multi-party, you know, government. So this, this shift in 2014, the second term of Orban, was really a shock. Like, like us Hungarians are under shock and are under feeling betrayed, you know, and, and, and helpless because Hungarians don't want revolution and don't want bloodshed. There has been so much war. The, 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 the Hungary is sitting here for 1,000 years. And there is so much war and revolutions that in Europe, people want peace, you know, and and, and Hungarians want peace as well. And they rather wait until the next uh, election in 2018 and until they feel they are not, the the, the circumstances of life are still okay. You know, business goes almost as usual. So there is no immediate existential yeah. Well,
0: we were all there for the European yeah.
1: conference. Uh, yeah. It'll be two yeah. years
0: coming up in You experienced
1: a European country. Oh, a beautiful, as
0: a- beautiful country, beautiful city, Budapest, yeah. and, you know, all was uh, very, very normal. Uh, yeah. So with this sort of disillusionment slash betrayal, yeah. I assume that Orban still has a, a substantial percentage of the population supporting him. And that there is, I mean, where would you put Hungary uh, Mm -hmm. in terms of the center of gravity of Mm -hmm. consciousness evolution
1: relative to the United States or other countries in Europe? First of all, I need to correct your view that that only 20% of Hungarians voted for Orbán in the last election. Ah, okay. And 80% didn't vote for Orbán. That's about how many people support him. Yes, there is a layer of society that supports him, of course, but it's not the majority. Why 20%? How, how can it be? 50% of the country didn't vote, unfortunately, in 2014 because people were so disappointed and, and the politics was so dirty, like Orbán and his opponent, in so, such a politically ugly and, and the campaign was ugly and, you know, and people got tired of that and many of people just didn't go to vote because they didn't trust any side, really, you know? And out of the 50% who voted, 20-plus voted for Orbán, and the rest uh, voted for the rest of the parties. So with with, with a three-third majority, Orbán and uh, the Christian, Demo- um, Christian Democrats, they formed a coalition and basically created a two-third government, and then Orbán even you know, push them out, and basically this is a sole governance now. That's uh, that's ter- terrifying for Hungarians too, yeah. you know. And there is no, there is no, so it's not like the Middle Eastern regimes or Korea. So there is no red in Hungary. There is no, those kinds of dark times are not here, right. you know. And you well, if You had 70- those
0: kinds of dark times back during the Soviet In the 50s. yeah In the 50s, the Soviet 90- occupation, where you know you yeah. had the secret police knocking on doors exactly. and disappearing so the, people.
1: The 1950s are the famous dark times of the Soviet regime. The 60s, 70s got lighter, yeah. but the 50s that you refer to, so nothing like that. So yeah. we we don't. So have you, you, would,
0: you would you would think that Hungarians would be particularly, um, you know, sensitive to that, and yeah. you know. And, and, and not want
1: that. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 and you know, Orban is is a is is a younger generation, so simply the consciousness is different. Right. You know, there, there is not such a big regression, but there is a regression. So Hungary used to be before Orban basically an orange epicenter state, with a green postmodern layer. And basically, since 2006, there isn't even an integral layer in the postmodern field. That's
0: right.
1: And yeah, so basically, (laughs) we are the creators of the integral layer. And there's 10 years has been gone, you know, heavily pumping integral into Hungarian kind of scene. And um, there is also blue. So more blue probably than in Germany. And blue, we mean traditionalism. Traditionalism. Yeah, but uh, it's it's not a blue. It hasn't been a blue blue state since the Hungarians were waiting, you know, very enthusiastically uh, during socialist time to get over socialism and join the European, you know, Europe and and so my whole uprising, uh, sorry, upbringing, my whole upbringing was about longing to get rid of the socialist regime. And go freely to Western Europe and merge with Western Europe. So we were kind of a little bit Western Europe freaks, wanted to belong there. So when the system change happened, naturally Hungary you know, joined the EU as, as soon as, as as he could. So, so the country is, is generally the European orange um, epicenter, you know, with with the postmodern yoga, sp- self-growth, you know, ecology mm-hmm. scene like anywhere else in Europe. And some blue as well, because of the uh, pre-democratic, you know, eras and traditions. And um, there is a little red, but it's not that, there is no arms, there is no bloodshed, not that red. Just a little more aggression on driving on the streets, red in that ordinary (laughs) term, you know? Well, that's, that's everywhere. Yeah, the same. Reason. But not in California. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> California is, is super polite, like green driving. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's interesting that you say so. Yeah. Thank
1: you. <laughs> At least my experience yeah, coming from.
0: Fair blue. enough, yeah. I, no, I I I I think that's the same here in Boulder. I think everybody's like excruciating poli- excruciatingly <laughs> exactly. polite excruciatingly polite. Uh, but you know, we still all complain about the drivers. It's funny.
1: Yeah. So go and drive, and then you you get some yeah, reality get on the side.
0: <laughs> so Ben says, so that's
1: a that's a good but, analysis of the yeah. Hungarian situation. Go, go on. I'm sorry. There, there is a regression now. So what I wanted to emphasize that definitely from orange epicenter there is aggression to blue epicenter now. Both um, concerning. Uh, the official statement of government, of being uh, more Christian-centric, more traditional, and Orbán's policy is more about protecting Hungary, you know. Yeah. and It's um, more, more nationalistic,
0: country. it's more ethnocentric, it's more, yeah, uh, you know, exactly. religion, uh, literal religion, fundamentalist religion. I mean, these yes. are all markers of what you're talking about is blue or... Amber yeah. in Ken's
1: model with um, yes, yes, but not the not not the people, not it, the population. Yeah, fair enough, yeah. Like since Orban made this shift, this is what is not covered in Western media, unfortunately, that there has been constant demonstrations, like there is no months going by without a demonstration at the parliament or in some of the major streets or against the government or some of its reg- regulations. It's also um, you know, Western media covers that Orbán curbed democracy, and there were there were articles last year. I remember when we organized the first IEC, there were articles that democracy is dead in Hungary, and Hungary is not democracy anymore. I was shocked. It's not true. It's true that Orbán curbed it, but still, half of the media is is daily, uh, you know, publishing articles which criticize Orbán. There are demonstrations. Yeah. So, so even Orbán did, you know, uh, you know, a great deal of job of curbing democracy, but it's it's not a black and white, like, democracy or not. It's in a scale of 1 to 100, if 100 would be a good democracy, maybe it's now between 50 and 70 somewhere. You see, oh. it's curbed, but it's not that.
0: Yeah, and, and I noticed that you're feeling free to criticize him here. Exactly,
1: yeah. exactly. And And I am... Um, um, also, yeah, so and many Hungarians left the country actually because uh, to Western Europe, or you know, I am also one who you know is a half migrant, so we can say to America, and um, partly because of this, and partly because Hungary is a member of the EU and there is no border control, uh, so we are one economic uh, community, so we can travel as freely from Hungary to London to work as from Colorado to New York, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, and there's the problem with the migrant crisis. That the migrants just walk through, you know, without even a passport or an identity card.
0: Well, then In, let, me, let me ask you this. So, yeah. uh, regarding that, uh, so uh, the, the refugees are uh, flooding into Europe, uh, often through Hungary, and, and, yeah. and, 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 and so Germany is going to take presumably 800,000. It's astonishing. Yeah. Uh, Denmark's not going to take any. Yeah, there you go. Uh, So, you know, how do you see how different countries are navigating this? Mm -hmm. And if you could just, even from an integral perspective, Mm -hmm. uh, give us Mm -hmm. some uh, analysis or view on this.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, What I think from an integral point of view that what is stunning in this crisis that almost everywhere in Europe... Almost all uh, levels are triggered, like green is triggered, you know, orange is triggered, blue is triggered, and red is triggered. That's why I think that it's going to be a transformation for Europe, because all, you know, value systems and layers of of development are triggered, you know. Even in Hungary, all is triggered. And look at Denmark, like such a such a you know liberal, you know postmodern democratic state or modern and postmodern. And now suddenly it goes blue. Like we don't take any refugee. So basically, it's un- un- um, You can't expect what's happened, what's going to happen tomorrow. It's it's a basic. It's a turmoil and it's a surprise for everyone, you know, <laughs> and. Um, Croatia, last week, when Hungary closed this border, then said, we take everyone. So, day one, green message, you know, and then they, they went and took buses and took the refugees with police escort peacefully from Croatia to the Hungarian border. So, the Hungarians, you know, deal with it. And then, next day, day two there were so many refugees already in croatia that suddenly the same prime minister one day later announced that they shut down their own border you know yeah. and start to control so literally within a day you know um, a value system shift there is within a country yeah and and i think um, there at this point there is no a whole europe solution or kind of coordinated solution yeah. so you, you you can't tell which country how would react Next week. Yeah. Creative time.
0: Yes, indeed. (laughs) So uh, you're planning another integral European conference uh, that is happening this coming May, Mm -hmm. uh, just outside of Budapest, I guess, this Mm -hmm. year. Uh, Mm -hmm. What, May 4th through 8th, integral European conference. Yes. And I'm going to be there. Uh, A lot of people are excited to come. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think one of the things we want to, you know, highlight here is that Hungary is a wonderful, nice country to visit. <laughs> exactly. No worries about that. And, yeah. um, and also that, you know, we actually do want to support the integral uh, vision as it's arising in Hungary. And you're so mm-hmm. much a center of that. So uh, how's it going? How, how how you feeling about it? And, and what do you have to yeah. tell us?
1: We are super excited with the team the Integral European Organizing Team. And, uh, you know, we have been working on it uh, directly and actively since August, you know, since more than a month. And, of course, you know, with little less intensity, but preparing it for the whole last year. And we have found a beautiful venue one hour west from Budapest. Um, There is a huge lake, the biggest lake in Central Europe, and let alone in Hungary, it's called Balaton. Uh, Germans know it as Platonsee. But Hungarians and, and other foreigners know it as Balaton. And it's going to be on the shore of that lake. So that's the prime um, tourist scene for the summer. And May is pre-tourism se- uh, season. So it's a perfect time to enjoy a very peaceful lake. I, w- I, I, I went there last week. I gave actually a workshop there. So I was swimming in Balaton and thinking of the conference. What How, how should we utilize the, in the best way yeah. Which combines fun and soul, you know, and and community. Mm-hmm. That's the point with IEC that we want to combine. Um, uh, we want we we put a great emphasis on fun and community, like yeah. l- like in integral hedonism. You know, yeah. <laughs> let's enjoy each other. Let's take advantage of the of the uh, of the s- setting of the site. Let's figure out some fun element like we had last time. The 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 boat party as a starting party for the conference that was, you know, yeah, carrying the, the boat in the, the, the boat party up the Danube oh my god exactly. that was so beautiful. at night with the beautiful bridges you know yes. and with dinner and then the goulash party in the nature setting so we we want to do similar things and the plan is cooking basically and and we we already signed the contract with the venue which is a hotel it's a four star hotel at the lakeshore with its private beach. And uh, it's, it's a spa hotel, a huge spa department. So we will oh, enjoy... you people so,
0: know how to do spas, as I recall. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's a spa country. So we are going to enjoy spa and we are going to enjoy living for days together with the whole integral international tribe and having a lot of, you know, dialogues, discussions, presentations, workshops. The integral european Conference focuses also in experiential workshops. So 50% will be was probably experiential, you know, yeah. uh, group work and also and mass uh, large group like all people together going through certain experiences, which will, by the way, focus on Europe on, and on the European situation. So I'm sure that Euro- European situation in general will be also kind of um, be on the plate. And if the refugee crisis will be still so active like today, then I'm sure that it will be one of the focuses as well.
0: Yeah. Well, that was what was so great about the last conference, is that we really did deal with a lot of the karmas. I mean, Europe Europe's full of karma. Yeah, that's right. Good Lord. You know, and then uh, Europe's relationship with the United States. And yes. I, one of the beautiful things about your work, Bense, and how you managed the conference, is that you really organized many hundreds of people into experiences that helped mm-hmm. to metabolize that karma. And that is, uh, you know, a great gift. And mm-hmm. as you said, I mean, if this refugee crisis is continuing, and I mm-hmm. bet it will be in some form, mm-hmm. then that just becomes grist for the mill. Of, yep. You know, as, as we gain wisdom and compassion yes. as
1: integralists
0: in order to deal with this
1: yes, in, in yes, f- an ever better way. And uh, I heard some voices from people that, very, very little in percentage, but there was a voice, you know, two person who said, "We probably shouldn't go to Hungary because Hungary behaved so well in the European Union in the migrant crisis." And it's bullshit. I'm sorry to say that, but uh, Hungarian people are the same as they used to be. Don't mix up Orbán's, you know, impulsive comments on the media, who exaggerates anyway. You know, uh, with with us, it's the same peaceful country. There is no turmoil, no problem. And it's a great thing if the migrant crisis goes on to come to the epicenter or in the world of that, you know, safe zone, but still it's happening here, you know, and, and digest it there together and, yeah. and, and work on it together. Yeah, right on. Yeah. Plus, I guess after
0: the conference, we will uh, have another magical mystery bus tour. tour. Exactly. So the bus tour, what, ninth, uh, May 9th through 11th. Yes, and we did that last year, and you know, just I mean, it's a couple of buses full of eggheads, you know, <laughs> exactly. running around hungry. It's very fun. We had a great
1: time. Yes, it's a three day trip right after the conference. Conference ends in Sunday afternoon, and Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday is the bus tour. And we are going to make sure that you, that everybody will, you know, enjoy each other and have a lot of like fun and delight. So combining basically secular and spiritual tourism. Uh, Spiritual meaning that we're going to visit, uh, you know, power sites, nature, you know, silence, forest, um, probably ancient cloister ruins like last time, you know, spiritual musicians showing up. And uh, secular means that enjoying, you know, the historic sites, Uh, we are going to probably visit the... wine tastery, you know, in a wine region. We are going to visit another spa hotel, you know, so I think a healthy integral hedonism should be there. (laughs) Very good.
0: Okay, well, thanks, Bense. Anything else you think we ought to know before we close up
1: here? Yes, yes. um, Maybe you can um, copy this to that part when we were talking about Orban and uh, the refugee situation.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. That... uh, um the situation is that Orban said Orban I think Orban has has right in one point and one aspect, and some Europeans see that too. So even if we you know liberal orange green people criticize him moving to blue, you know, and, and, and de democratize the country to a certain extent, at a situation where unregistered thousands tens of thousands hundreds of thousands people simply march through your country blue has its place you see what i mean yes so basically it's a boundary violation so it's red what's happening even if there is no bloodshed but the very fact that in your home you know suddenly you wake up in your bed and you see people walking through your home (laughs) who don't introduce themselves even demand you to land your car because they are going to somewhere you know, whoa. Then you go like, whoa. You know, that's that's kind of boundary violation. So there you go. You try to close your door, or you try to ask them, what, who are you? What do you want? You know, let's let's regulate the situation. So actually, what's what's a bad news in a in a modern postmodern times going blue is a good news in a situation of red. So, and Orbán said that we are building a fence in the Hungarian-Serbian border to actually stop those people and register them and, and just at least be able to create a gate where they can come in you know there's not only a fence but there is a gate in the fence and they started to build registration posts there and started to set up a legal system to register them. and basically the the EU said fuck you urban why are you g- b- building a fence so the initial reaction was like green green heart Oh, poor people running away from war. How can you do that? And Orbán said, you know, sorry, but we need to keep actually Schengen. Schengen means that you cannot enter the EU without a passport and without registration, right? Like you can't enter the United States. In the United States, you even have to tell if you have visited a farm, you know, with animals and all that, let alone saying your name and showing your passport. So basically, Orbán said that uh, we are going to simply defend Schengen and defend the EU, you know, and that's why we are building the... So there was immediately a clash of green and blue in in that regard. And the problem is that Orbán already annoyed the European Union, you know, with his eccentric nature, so it was easy for the European Union to jump on him and blame him and blame Hungary. That's the good news about blue in this situation, The bad news about Orbán's blue in this situation, that Orbán is not only regulating, but is also unfriendly. So he doesn't help the refugees who are already in Hungary. So the Hungarian civil society started to self-organize, created volunteer organizations, and helped the refugees, which is unfortunately also not reported in the Western media. Like all Hungarians are, you know, rude, cruel, no. Hungarian people are actually there everywhere. And they are providing food, you know, they are giving tents and mattresses and uh, they are organizing for children, like, uh, you know, showing videos in the evenings. There are doctors, Hungarian doctors who go there and help the people. And there was a German news which highlighted a German doctor went to the Hungarian train station and helped the people because Hungarians don't do it. They do. It's just not covered in media. You see, so there is actually an injustice in the Western media towards Hungary. And that made me speak up. That's why I came out, because I'm not a politician. Usually I don't do much politics, but I just felt uh, ashamed because of the Orbán's, you know, government anyway in the West. And now I also felt a little bit, you know, attacked by the Western media uh, due to Orbán's, you know, positions. And I think the broadcasting in those in, in the Western news currently is not objective on Hungary. So I felt that as, as a Hungarian ordinary person, you are not a politician, I need to speak up that Kaleti is full of ordinary Hungarians helping, you know, doctors, civils, and um, it's it's not so black and white as the media shows, and Hungarians are good people. Yeah. Well, wow.
0: well, I would attest to that based on my limited experience. Uh, it was. A- wonderful country and a wonderful uh, culture to visit. Mm. Mm. So thanks, Spence. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Thank you Jeff for giving the opportunity to you know to speak up in your program. Yeah, my pleasure.